Welcome to Ranch Girl Rants Podcast, where a couple of cowgirls talk about pretty much everything. Social issues, current events, true crime cases, ranch living, and we even delve into the hunt for Bigfoot. This podcast may contain strong language and is suitable for mature audiences. Well, another episode of Ranch Girl Rants. I'm Jan. And I'm Denise. All right. Who do we have on the phone today? Oh, some bitch from Idaho that I've known for a long time. Oh, okay. I mean, Muriel. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. And how do you know this Muriel woman? Um, I met Muriel at the state police. um, What was it? 88, Muriel? 89, actually. 89. Muriel started, I was there, I started in 87, and um, I ended up being her field training officer for a bit, and um, she was commuting from Sacramento to San Francisco um, with some other um, new officers that were from SAC, and so, yeah, that's how I met her, and we've been friends ever since, and uh, ride horses together, and did a stint riding dirt bikes for a while, and in the police Olympics, that was fun, and Muriel was on the mounted, and patrol at the Capitol Park. Um, her started at state police and then when CHP took over 95, she, go ahead, Mariel, you, you could tell us your, give us a little rundown of your beginnings. Um, oh, my, my crazy career, my, my career that started when I was 14 as a, a Sacramento County Sheriff Explorer. <laughs> wow. Oh, so yeah. you know, you wanted to be a cop from an early age. Oh yes. I wanted to be a mounted officer when I was, you know, 10 years old, but, um, when I was 14, I got into the Explorers, and then it kind of went crazy from there. It was in uh, ROP and in high school, and then in college, I was in an internship program there and uh, got to work at the district attorney's office in Sacramento, um, and then uh, was in search and rescue with El Dorado County Sheriff's Department, and I had applied for a ton of different agencies, and I just told myself the first place that you know, I get an interview with oral, then I'll just take that job. And it was state police. So that's where I ended up going. Wow. And so how long were you with state police? I was with state police about five years before the merger happened. And then the merger happened. And so I spent, I had about a 27 year career. So the merger, that's when CH, that's when the state police became CHP. Well, the CHP they, took over state police. Is that what it was? They merged together. They just absorbed the... There was only maybe 180 to 200 police officers statewide. That, I mean, oh, statewide state meaning police. all the way like LA office or Fresno, the metropolitan areas had state police uh, okay. because of the concentration of state um, agencies in those areas. And so, okay. so they were spread out over California. Only about 200 when CHP took us over. Um, it was a rough, rough... Uh, transition <laughs> so right okay so then it was, it so then you yeah so then you became then you became a high patrol officer correct correct but but i was i was working in sacramento then and i was a full-time bicycle patrol officer downtown sacramento and i was also a reserve member of the mounted unit and when the merger happened the chp um needed someone to go over and this is actually before the actual official official merger occurred they needed someone to go over to represent the mounted off the mounted officers and the bike patrol officers because obviously the chp had never had 
either one of those uh, no, units. Strictly traffic. So they ha- they had me come over, and they allowed me to be the one who actually went and picked out all the uniforms for the mounted unit and the bike patrol and bought bicycles and saddles and equipment and, I mean, everything you can think of that has to do with bikes, bike patrol or horse patrol. I was the one who actually designed all the new uniforms. Wow. So you, so you were, so when you, uh, even though you're now in CHP, you are still mounted and still doing the bicycle patrol throughout the whole time you were with CHP? No, I was, I, I stayed downtown for about 10 more years uh, on a full, full-time bicycle patrol officer and then a reserve mounted unit, but I was also an instructor in the mounted unit. So um, we had training twice a month and I was one of the instructors and we, um, you know, I still got to do a lot of mounted stuff and, and it was great. Um, but I was a full-time bicycle patrol officer as well. And then about 10 years into it, um, in about 2000, I um, was offered a job at headquarters in cadet hiring uh, department, which was um, you actually go around, represent the department on all the cadets who were denied employment by the CHP. So for any reason at all, so they had medical, psychological um, uh, backgrounds, and I think that was it, medical, psychological, and background issues. Any of those things that they were denied um, hiring rights, the department would send me to the hearings statewide to represent the department on those things. So that was a that was an interesting change, but um, that got old after a couple of years. I was I wanted to get out, so then I then I went out and became a I. I wanted to get on this drug interdiction team and it's kind of called a, they called it a speed team. Also, they had white Camaros in the Valley division of Sacramento. And I wanted to be, I really wanted to get in that team and to get in that team, you had to be commercial trained. So I went to commercial training for that and uh, eventually got on that team and was on that for shoot about eight years. And then um, at the end of my career became the motor carrier permit officer for Valley division still a still a commercial officer i want to get back to your bicycle days <laughs> i've always okay. been i've always been fascinated by the cops on the bicycles I, I i so you know you're chasing people down on your bicycle i mean what are the ins what are the like uh tactics uh, yeah the tactics on when you're on a bicycle as opposed to i mean obviously you can get down alleyways and whatever you can get to places that cars can't get down but then are are there hindrances with being on a bicycle you get to take the bike and There's, use the bike to, to knock them down yeah do you, yeah do you beat people up with your bicycle no i'm kidding but do you but but is there inclement weather i mean you're out there in inclement weather obviously i mean so yeah oh, yes, tell us really- a, tell us about all but what it's like to be a bicycle cop i've always wondered about that yeah. Yeah, it was, I'll be honest, it was the best job. It was the most uh, exciting, the funnest, the most, you know, there was the most activity. Uh, We handled a lot of um, fights, a lot of drug, I mean, we had tons of drug arrests. All of us were um, drug recognition experts and um, were constantly being called by SAC PD. We worked very close with SAC PD and um, they had a bicycle team too. In fact, we'd train with them um, at our training days. Uh, It was amazing. I mean, once you get past the fear of riding in traffic and and that, you can just um, 
get around town so quick and be at calls before anybody else because you're you're on a bike so you can get around super you quick sidewalks and it, inclement weather lawns. you know we have the proper clothes for it you know so we we we'd ride when it was raining i mean we'd just go from coffee shop to coffee shop but no <laughs> no yeah no, really she says you yeah. know we'd cruise yeah, around kidding. and go from um building eve to building eve but um it, it we we trained for uh you know uh, subduing people subduing suspects on on the bike so we knew how to you know if you came up on something you know you can use your bike to to distract them as a distraction you can um catch people real easy when they're running from you everybody have you ever had anybody try and steal your bike no i never did I never had anybody try to steal my bike. Because now they're stealing hire patrol cars, suppose. <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, I mean, literally, just recently, somebody took off with a with a, with a CHP car, and they oh, went wow. on a high speed chase. Well, you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah, chasing this guy down the road with a CHP car. So, wondering if you know they're stealing your bicycle. So, um, what was your like geographical area? I mean, how far did you have to ride? Oh, uh, we had a uh, old. So our beat, our downtown beat was from Old Sacramento, the Sacramento River on the west, North 12th Street on the north, so Richards Boulevard. We would go to calls all the way over. That's a long way, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, We would have all the way to Broadway on the south, and then on the east would be um, like 28th and K-ish area. Wow, you must have been in some great shape because that's a long way. Oh yes! Wow, you didn't shape. have to. I mean, I was... Didn't have to go to the gym. Well, I, it's funny because you know when you're doing that and you're doing that every day and you're uh, you know I'd still look at myself and go, oh gosh, I'm out of sh-, you know I'm not in that great of shape, but oh gosh, I was in fantastic shape. And we would even add to it you know every day by going up the parking garages, you know, just drive riding up mm-hmm. the the parking the garages to just stay extra fit. Can you imagine being a, a can you imagine being a, a bicycle cop in San Francisco? <laughs> there are, I, yeah, that's oh crazy. My God, plus so, it's cold, you know, in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, so oh, yes, I've had some pretty good accidents. You know, um, I was hit by a van. Uh, I was a, riding to a call. Uh, one of the guys had a drunk guy that was combative, and I was racing to get to him, and a guy that I didn't see and he didn't see me and a van was coming up kind of over a knoll downtown on 10th and uh, K street. And he hit me and threw, smashed the bike and threw me 18 feet in the air and it cracked my helmet down the center. And Oh, oh gosh, God. it was a big ordeal. That's what's wrong with bead. you now. It made the Sacramento Bee newspaper. <laughs> you are lucky to be alive, yeah. girl. Oh my God. The egg crate yeah. helmet. <laughs> so yeah. So what is like the accident rate with the, you know, like you said, you know, traffic, you're riding within, traffic all these idiots i mean to be a pedestrian downtown sacramento is you're taking your life into your hands i could imagine right. riding a bicycle down there right it's i mean everybody had an everybody that i know of has had some kind of injury wow wow you know something but that that was my but luckily i didn't break any bones wow but i i feel the i feel the effects of it now um in my shoulders and my arms you know from from going up and down stairs and and just riding in that position for so long, you know. Um, so did this did this person that hit you get hitched up? Did they go to jail or was what was no, it? No, he didn't go to jail because it was it was like a fifty fifty thing, you know. Oh. He, he, you know, police bike violated each lights, other's right away. Lights on him, but it wasn't that visible and right. So 
Wow. Well, so then you're now you're in mounted patrol as well. So was it this the same time or was this after the bicycle? Nope, same time. Okay. I was a reserve member on the mounted unit. I never wanted to be a full-time mounted unit officer because I was a full-time horseman at home. You know, yeah. I horses at home, I rode, I competed. Um, so for me, riding around in the park for 40, you know, 40-acre park, eight hours, 10 hours a day was, did not sound appealing at all. I wanted to be more of a kind of a street fighter, crime fighter type, you know, person that was out actually, you know, doing more work. And, um, not that they didn't have a job there. They did. And, um, but for me, it would have been. Yeah, it wouldn't, well, it wouldn't have made your off time riding fun because they're like, the last thing you want to do is get on a horse on your off time. If you're doing that eight hours a day. Sure. And, and the work involved in coming to do, you know, and one time I did fill in for a whole month, one of the guys was off or something and I felt filled in for him for a month. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the grooming and the cleaning and the, you know, I mean, just all the work. It was like going to a horse show every day. I remember, I remember an incident and you might've been working uh, mounted patrol at this time where a, one of the mounted patrols horses uh, hooves got caught in oh, yeah, the gutter know. thing i will never yeah. forget that as long mm. were you working that day oh yeah i wasn't working that day i actually was uh just had knee surgery the, like three days before that um from an accident i had doing the police olympics but <laughs> or, pl- or practicing anyway but um i was at the debriefing for that and it was, oh, was oh, horrible it was just oh so yes yeah, so, so what it was it's a it was a a, a gutter and it's the the, the great, yeah, the great, it, yeah, it's the the rain gutter, right? The hole, yeah, the big hole. Every time I walk by one of those, I swear to God, that whole scene comes in my head. Mm. About oh, yes. So they had to put the horse down, obviously. Oh, yes, he broke. She broke her leg, oh. and uh, I mean, it was totally just crazy. And then an officer came out from the SWAT team and tried to euthanize the horse with his forty caliber Uh-oh. and wasn't shooting the horse pro- in the proper location oh, God. because the skull of a horse, I mean, they always talk about making the X in, in the skull and, and shooting, you know, between the eyes or whatever, making this X between the eyes and then shooting. Well, he was doing that, but the horse was, that wasn't working. The horse. And oh the horse, my God. Uh, it was just, it was, it was the a most nightmare. awful. Traumatic, yeah, it was awful. And um, after that we had a debriefing and then, about three weeks later, we actually had a UC Davis uh, veterinarian come out that specializes in euthanasia during tragedy or, you know, tragic situations like that for horses. And he showed us the, the way that needed to, you know, the, the way that you euthanize a large animal. And, and how is that? How is that? What, what he says is the brain is about the size of the palm of your hand and it sits right below the ears. That's where the brain is. So what you want to do is just shoot. I mean, he said he's euthanized hundreds of horses with a 22. And you just put the gun in the ear or get it as close as you can to the ears. You you know, as, as close, straight across, and it'll drop them instantly. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know There's because, no... you know, people are in the backcountry. I mean, things happen, mm-hmm. you know, and you you got to know how to put a horse down. The other, the other part of that, too, is that there was a uh, an old story about a – I think it was a sheriff's deputy, a CHP, and one of them shot it to try to euthanize an animal. I think it was a cow or something that got hit. And that's the, the lesson here is know what your background is. And I guess it ricocheted and killed one of the officers. Oh, geez. Yes. So you can't shoot yes. 
like you know i've had to put deer down on the highway or whatever but you mm-hmm. can't just you have to have a dirt background or something you can't just well they you say, gotta be careful with the asphalt what, what know your target and what's behind it that's what they right. teach you in my shooting training right know your target right. and what's behind it right well with that with that in mind can you imagine shooting a horse in downtown sacramento no you know, with no. all those people there oh whatever, all those state workers milling about, you know, yeah. and then they'll all get to work claiming trauma. They're traumatized. They got to go home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure people have PTSD from that incident. I, I never, <laughs> I didn't even witness it, but I heard about it. And every time I walk by one of those, those open holes in the mm-hmm. gutters, I think about that horse's hoof that went mm-hmm. down that. And, oh my God, it just makes me cringe. Yeah. Oh, but, yes. um, and think about, think about the people that are out riding in these events that are um and and nothing against them i there there's plenty of fine riders but when they're downtown sacramento doing the the honor tours or you know it's for the officers who've been killed in the line of duty and and a lot of these memorial rides get together yeah and and they get together and gather up the greats the metal the yeah i mean you know you have to be very cognizant of your surroundings you do i've ridden in the hollywood christmas parade and the rose parade and many numerous times and that's where we stage on these neighborhood streets you mm-hmm. know along these gutters and along all this craziness and parked cars and all and horses this stuff. with shoes are is a disaster on streets right yeah i mean, I mean it's just like being on an ice rink for them you just have to be really cognizant of what's going on and the, the and then yeah, and then sure. and the nightmare that this horse can get itself into because they will find it they will find that nightmare so muriel so <laughs> yes. then you you got invited to go to the canadian royal mounted you want to talk about that for a minute Oh yeah. Well, as a as a mounted officer, you you have to go through a forty hour uh, post certified mounted patrol course. And it, at the time when I was being when I was a mounted officer, and I, of course couldn't wait to go through this course, I was just loved it. <laughs> it was um, at Rancho Marietta, and it was put on by the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department. They hosted it, but they had instructors come from all over the the Western United States and Canada. And so the instructor from Canada. Um, we all got to know him over time, and then I, I became a, they call it a facilitator at the academy, this writing academy, and got to go out there for every mounted school pretty much and help out, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Whole week of writing and fun and um, camaraderie, et cetera. Well, at any rate, the the Canadian, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has um, a, a, what's called a musical ride, and it's a group of their you have to apply for it to get into it as a, as a Mountie. And it takes years on this list to even be accepted to be in this musical ride. And then they teach all the Mounties. If you haven't ridden before, it's a, it's a riding program for like six months. And then you go on tour, all these Mounties, they go on tour and it's, it's a synchronized. It's basically a, a fancy, fancy drill team. They're riding English. They're riding with double bridles. They're, they're riding. I mean, it's amazing. And, they're kind of a, a, an icon with the, you know, with the RCMP, and they they they've actually been in the Queen's Court and and everything. I mean, you know, you know, big big events. Well, anyway, you could get on a list to go there and um, and ride the horses for two weeks. That while they have like the academies out and there's no riders there, they would have officers, mounted officers from all over the United States and other countries too get on this list and you get selected off the list to go ride for two weeks. I think it was two weeks we were there. And basically you stay at the college in Ottawa and the horses are, they have a huge stables, 
there in Ottawa and indoor riding facility. And they're, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> and so you go, it was like in April, I think when I went, it was cold. It was, the, there was snow on the ground. In fact, we had sled rides and, and such, but we got to ride a lot of different horses. Um, if you were, if you were up for it, you know, they didn't force anybody to do anything, but it took, I think I was on the list at least nine years and wow. I got called oh, wow. while I was, yeah, I wasn't even a mounted officer anymore when I got called to go. And my sergeant at the time, that was when I was in cadet hiring. And he's like, you know what? This is a once in a lifetime girl. You got to go. So I went and they pay, basically all you have to pay for is your airfare. They pay for your, put you up in a, their college in the dorms. And then you just ride every day. And then they take you out to their breeding facility where they breed. Cause all these horses are matching. They're all matched, same what? height, everything. They're all black. Black, okay. Warm bloods. Yeah, warm bloods. Wow. And uh, anyway, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and when did you do this? That was probably in like 2000 or so. I think. Oh, I okay. Think it was yeah, 2099, 2000 around in there. That's yeah, amazing. So that, was, that was pretty awesome. It was. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, you, you get to, you get a lot of riding time in on a bunch of different horses and the horses are all kept during the winter. They're all kept inside in tie stalls, which is just a little, um, like four foot wide by 10 foot long space. They're tied in there. And, and when you see this, it's really hard for people from America, you know, to look at this and go, Oh, it's hard to accept it. But the horses lay down and they stand up and they eat and they're, they're exercised regularly. In fact, that's why they brought us in for those two weeks is to take care of all the exercising um, while the while the cadets or whatever they were on their breaks or in between classes. But um, oh, wow. quite an operation, quite an operation. So when did you retire from uh, law enforcement? I retired about two and a half years ago. You miss it? It's it was actually two years in June. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally not ready to retire. Yep. I don't, the day I left, it was the happiest day. I mean, it was like the best day of my life. It was fantastic. And then you moved to Idaho. Yeah. Moved to Idaho. So like thinking that? about Idaho, didn't think I'd ever leave California and boom, up in, up in beautiful North Idaho. What made you, I uh, decided to, because I've, 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 I haven't actually been to your old ranch, but I drive by it all the time and I, I know it looks really, really nice. So what drove you to um, leave that beautiful oasis that you built and move out of California? Well, there was a couple factors to it. Um, the, the, the beautiful oasis was gorgeous. It was costly. You know, it was uh, expensive uh, tax wise. And, um, a kind of crime was coming in the, the legal growing of the marijuana and before it was legal there there was a lot of illegal grows and coincidentally there was one right next door and um there had been two home invasion robberies just down the street um related to the marijuana grows and you could just see kind of crime element coming up and down the street the that, that we hadn't seen in and you know ever um, traffic was a nightmare, you know, I mean, it was just busy. And one of the other big issues was I couldn't ride off the property. You know, you had to, you had to trailer out to go ride, which I honestly wasn't riding as much as I do now. It seems like now that I'm up here, um, where I can ride right off the property, it seems like I ride more cause it's so much more convenient. <laughs> and, uh, it does seem to be like there's more, a lot more concentration of horse people up here. 
but um, taxes, crime, politics. So when you just so when you decided you were you were done with California, and um, where were you looking? Were you were, were you kind of open anywhere in the United States, or did you have your sights set on the mountains someplace, or do you have any idea? I, at first, I had my sights set on Montana. I thought, oh, the Bitterroot Valley in Montana. We had some friends that lived in Montana. And part of this, too, is because of my boyfriend, my significant other. He is a, he wanted out of California, and he wanted to go somewhere, you know, head north. And so he was kind of the driving force for me to do this. Um, but I'm glad I did, and I wouldn't go back even if, you know, for some reason so it didn't work out. But So I want to leave – Two, we're going to leave in five years, and I, you know, we're looking at the biggest bang for our buck. And I'm not interested in moving anywhere where the, the country's flat because I'm a mountain girl, and so I'm not going to Tennessee. I'm not going to Texas. I'm not going to those states. Um, I have other friends that you know trying to woo me there because that's where they're going or have moved or they're already. But I, I, you know, I'm so I've been looking at South the Black Hills of South Dakota and Montana and Wyoming and you know all these mountain places on this side of the Mississippi River. And I always get the the, the big uh, response back from people when I tell them that I'm looking to move. It's like, why would you want to move where it snows? I mean, like, it, they almost make it sound like it's acid coming out of the sky. You know, it's going to burn right. your skin. Well, you live in Germany, so you're used to the snow. Yeah, and, and, I, and I've... And I've lived in snow country. I've lived in Colorado and yeah. Germany and Wisconsin and it's Illinois and Indiana. And I've lived in all these okay. snow places where it snows. But people that have lived their whole entire lives in California, they just can't grasp the concept that why would anybody want to move where it snows? Yeah, I mean, it only snowed about um, overall the whole the whole season was like four feet. So you'd get four inches and then it would and then it would it, it, it's cold. So the four inches stays. It doesn't usually and you're melt. You're near you uh, Lane. Right, you're near Coeur What was that? Yeah, just north of Coeur d'Alene, right. just like 20 minutes north of Coeur d'Alene. So it, it would snow like, um, but we are in a snow belt. This little, we live in a little area called Twin Lakes. Um, it's Twin Lakes near Twin Lakes, Idaho. It's, there's some Twin Lakes right here, but <laughs> it's just a little area and it's surrounded by mountains. So it's they call it the the refrigerator, you know, the ice box here because the snow will stay on the ground longer. And, you know, it, it seems to get, we seem to get a few more inches. Are you higher in um, elevation or something? A little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit higher in elevation. I think 2,400 feet is what we're, our elevation is. It's not that high, but so um, a little bit cooler, you know, and just, we don't get the, it's, I don't know. It's just, that's where it dumps so basically the snow. You're, so, you're saying you moved to snow country and you did not die. <laughs> I did not. Right. I mean, and I, I, if you ask any of my friends, they know I love the sun and I like it warm and I am not an outdoors person in the cold weather. But since I've moved here, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to embrace this and ride and do what I, you know, do what I like to do. And it's been fantastic. It's like, it's like being on vacation because everything is new. Everywhere you go is a new place you haven't seen before, and it's absolutely gorgeous here. So that's, you know, it's everything is beautiful, and there's 100 lakes within 100 miles wow. of my house. So what do you think about all the Californians now are wanting to move up there? Problem with our, the problem with our, uh, our migration here is that it has driven up the costs, and now, honestly— this this area up here is almost you're looking at almost the same price as some places in California. Yes, not, yes, because it's not reasonable. That's why they don't like, like Californians in other yes, states. And, <laughs> yeah, and I and I've been looking at property up there the last you know year, and I have seen the same properties, the same areas, all of a sudden now are in the fives and the sixes, and I'm like, wow, oh, yes. th these are all in the yes. threes just like last year. 
And so right. all these Californians have driven up the price. I'm like, well, crap, man. So, I mean, who, but who knows in five years, you know, what's going to happen with that? Maybe all these people get sick of the, sick of the winners and move, yeah, move out in a leave. It's funny. I mean, people in their seventies have migrated up here and it's like, wow, you know, to take on, take on a different, completely different lifestyle as far as the cold and, you know, and, and move up, you know, move from California up here in your seventies. It's, it's kind of, it seems shocking to me, but they're not moving livestock and, you know, having barns built and arenas and all that stuff either, but right. still. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's still up in the air where we're going to move. I mean, I, Idaho is definitely on my list, but you know, at this point it's a crapshoot because it's, it's all going to be driven on what the cost is going to be because I don't want a house payment. I, you know, I want the ha- I, I don't want to be in a crazy mortgage situation in my golden, golden years. So yeah, sure. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting, but I am not afraid to move to snow country at all. Not at all. Yeah, no no big deal. I mean, shoot, they have snowshoeing stuff around here. Love like, it. It's like, and and it seems like North Idaho, just from what I see. I mean, there's always it could be snowing out. It could there could be four feet of snow on the ground, and you see people out riding their bikes, exercising. They're still living. Yeah, they still live in their yeah, lives. Yeah, just like millions like of other people do on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you're liking it. Love it. Love it. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Met a lot of nice people up here. Um, most of the people from that I've met up here with horses are from California. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, your latter part of your career uh, with CHP, you were a commercial um, officer. So you were, uh, were you riding around in one of those pickup trucks and pulling over semis or what were you doing? Oh yeah. Well, at first I was uh, like on a drug interdiction team or we were also called like a speed team and we would, would go around to different parts of the Sacramento Valley area. Well, all the way to Tahoe, to Truckee, to, to, you know, Stockton, to Tracy around. Um, and we would do like, they would have problem areas with, tr- with trucks and, tr- and crashes, et cetera. So they would send us there to work and, and just try to alleviate problems like that. Um, I was in a car then Camaro, but then, um, after that, that whole job, then they kind of faded out kind of sort of, and then I, we just, most of us went into trucks. So yes, then I was pulling over big rigs and doing inspections and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, that was the last part of my career. So let's, that's going to segue into, cause I, um, know a lot of people are out there because I retired from the department of motor vehicles. And this was always a, a question that I got. Um, about what kind of license do I need to pull my, you know, to drive my motorhome, to pull my big fifth wheel, to pull my horse trailer. And I, of course, I'd always direct them to our commercial vehicle handbook that showed the gross vehicle weight of the trailer or the, the rig that you're pulling um, and then what kind of license you need. And it's typically anything over 10,000. Um, One. Yeah, it's it's anything over 10,001 gross vehicle weight um, that you need a class A license. And then, of course, then you get into, you know, your air brakes, you know, you got class B and then you have air brakes and all that stuff. And it gets a little bit muddier. But just for your typical run of the mill people, I knew a lot of my friends that did not have class A licenses that should have because they were pulling some really big rigs. And the DMV does not classify a living horse, living quarters horse trailer as an RV. It's still a stock livestock trailer. And so even though it has a living quarters in it, 
it's still not considered a, a permanent um, RV structure. Its m main purpose is hauling those animals. So That's now, correct. so now, 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 oh, I, I mean, you know, I, a lot of my, I, I knew people that had those big um, F freaking 750, those, th those big giant trucks that look like mini big rigs and they're pulling these big giant fifth wheel trailers and they're all driving around with class C licenses. And then they think that just because they put do not for hire on the side of it, that that gets them out of, that gets them out of jail free. That's, that's wrong. Um, so yeah. So did you have, did you run into that out there on the road? Oh gosh, all the time. Um, and actually all the big, uh, horse groups, the backcountry horsemen of America, you know, they would have me come and speak at their rendezvous. Uh, Bishop Mule Days had me come and speak at their, you know, Mule Days about all these different requirements and, and horse trailering safety, et cetera. And a lot of the small, you know, right around us where we're, where you're from right now, you know, the, the different, I shoot, I did your, I, Denise, I think I did your posse stuff one time. Did a, yeah, you did, did a, a talk. on our, our search and rescue training. Yeah. Yeah. yeah search, okay. That was at search and rescue and, and, you know, different age Chico horsemen. So they had me come and do talks all oh, paradise. I did theirs. Um, and the bottom line is if you're towing anything, um, and now here's where it gets kind of, like you said, muddy is the travel trailers are, that's a different, that's a whole different deal. And that's just, I believe that has to do with lobbying and, and money and, you know, that kind of thing. But when you're pulling the horse trailers or pulling an equipment trailer, just say an equipment trailer that's over, got a gross vehicle weight rating of over 10,001 pounds, by law, by what the California Vehicle Code says, you are required to have a Class A. Now, if you were to get into an accident, turn in front of somebody or, you know, didn't see somebody come in and, and <laughs> rear in somebody... And guess what? You're not licensed. Do you think your insurance company is going to have a problem with that? Besides the liability of you not being licensed, and it's a misdemeanor to not have a, a California, you know, a driver's license. Right. So, right. Um, and there's, there's a lot of and, and it could be, it. yeah. And uh, to clarify, there's, you know, to pull to pull an RV over that. There's there's what they consider a non-commercial class A license, but that is only to pull an RV, a fifth wheel RV um, that is nothing but a big giant livable trailer. It's not a uh, doesn't have livestock or anything like that in it. So that's the only way you can get a, a non-commercial class A license. But everything else, yeah, you have to have that full-on commercial class A license. Yeah. Now trucks, trucks pulling, you know, pickups pulling horse trailers. We all know. I mean, we all have friends, and I kept warning them and warning them. Hey guys, you might want to get your driver's license fixed. You know, get it, get your correct driving, you know, class. But um, so yeah, so is it safe? Is it safe to say that say like uh, like I have a. I think mine's a considered a three horse, isn't it? Um, three horse or anything over three horse would probably get you into that territory. It, of... it, like we were talking about the other day, Denise, it, it depends on the manufacturer mm -hmm. and the make of the trailer. They're all, they're all kind of different now just because of the ratings and the tires. Well, like a four, but like a four horse does. would probably be over 10,000. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. Anything, any, most of the three horse trailers that are uh, goosenecks mm -hmm. are going to be over 10. Um, unless you get a really old one, you know, it just kind of depends, but yeah, yeah my bumper pull, I have a bumper pull three horse and I know I'm well below. Um, yeah, the, the bumper pulls are a lot less. They, yeah. They don't, they don't it, have the higher, you know, 
It has a living court. I mean, it has the the dressing room. I don't have living quarters or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just has a dressing room. So yeah, I know I'm well below. 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 87, 89. Yeah. yeah. I got pretty good at, at being able to just look at trailers and, and what, you know, if you gave me the make and stuff, I kind of knew what, what they were rated at, but it'll be on the VIN, the VIN, um, tag plate. on the trailer. It'll yeah. tell you what it is. The plate yeah. that has all those numbers so. on it. All right. Well, you know what? Um, I am, that was good. Thank you for, um, okay. thank you for, uh, being part of our little dog and pony show. Awesome. Um, I love listening to it, too. It's so fun. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Well, that's good. Well, tell all your friends. Tell all your friends and tune in on the radio podcast Because style. I'm sure there's no shortage of women bitching about things in the world that you don't <laughs> have to like, actually intentionally go onto a website to find it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And, um, yeah. You're welcome. If, um, and, yeah, well, well, and when you get a chance, if you ever got, you guys ever want to come up, you always have a place to come and check out. So, Idaho. so it's yeah, gorgeous. we're probably going to be going up there um, uh, next year, like in the springtime. I think we're going to do a road trip and just kind of do a recon, a recon of the area. You know, I think that I think we might. I'm, I'll I'll definitely look you up for sure. For sure, absolutely. All right. Show you around. Show you a few things. It's absolutely it's beautiful here. It oh, really I, is. I I believe it. I've been looking at a lot of pictures. And... Well, your place looks great, Mary. You and Bob did a great job. Yeah. Nice Thank job you. on that. That nice job on that covered arena. Nice. Oh, it's nice. Oh, well, in snow country, you got to have that. You got to have an indoor yeah, arena, do. or you're not going to ride all winter long. That's right. And I rode all winter long last year, but I was I was trailering out. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> 20 degrees, 15 degrees. Trailer. Icy roads, icy roads. Arena. Yeah. Icy roads, icy loading conditions. Yeah. Not good. No, it's cool. So this is fantastic. I can just go from the barn to the arena and yeah. You got exciting. it made, girlfriend. You got it made. You got a bar- and with a barn full of jackasses, too. <laughs> What's that? And a barn full of jackasses, too. Oh, by boot. the way, Meryl raises mules. She's a mule girl. <laughs> She's yes, queen I of the am. jackasses on uh, her street. That could be a whole other subject. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I know nothing about mules. I have a donkey. But, you know, if they're anything donkeys like donkeys, awesome. they're anything like donkeys. Yeah. But holy mackerel, they're different. They're just different. We'll have a whole uh, yep. mule show. Totally different. Yep. All right, girlfriend. Well, thank you for being part of our show, and we'll talk at you later. Sounds good. You guys have a great afternoon. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Well, this is another good one. Yeah, I think so. It was fun. Yeah. Who's our, what's our next one going to be about? Who are we going to bitch about next? Oh, I don't know. We might have to jump in a little politics. but Yeah, and I got a UPS call that I've been dying to play. Um, I've been trying to talk tell you know tell ups that i do not live in a commercial building <laughs> just so i can sign up for their their ups choice thing and and i'm just like at this point i don't give a shit about well, they, being in ups they, choice but now it's just a fight because maybe they keep because you're a hooker they think you're working out of your house <laughs> that, that red light that red light <laughs> yeah, that red light that gave it away <laughs> well they keep telling me they're going to email me and they never do and you have to hear this 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 recorded phone well, let's call. Let's break that thing out next time. Yeah, we definitely will because it's pretty funny. Everybody that's heard it said I was too nice with the girl, but I didn't want to be just too mean because I don't want her to hang up on me. I wanted to kind of drag this out a little bit. So, so it was premeditated torture. Yeah, premeditated torture <laughs> for a long agony. <laughs> All right, well, that's another episode of Ranch, Ranch Girl, Girl Rants. Rants.